תזכו לשנים רבות נעימות וטובות, תזכו ותחיו, תאריכו ימים, גמר חתימה טובה. This is Rabbi Elbaz from SLC. There is a very special and unique mitzvah which we read in the parasha of yesterday. It is special and unique because it only happens once in seven years. And it also involves the whole nation of Israel. That's called the mitzvah of hakhel. The word hakhel means to gather, to assemble. Actually, all the people of Israel at the time when they had king and they had the Beit HaMikdash, they all gathered. Everyone, men, women, children, even the goyim. It says, Ve'gercha asher b'sharecha. And Gercha de'ibin Ezra says, in this particular case, it means the goyim. We encourage even the goyim to go and listen to the king. Perhaps they might think uh, think over uh, their own religion, perhaps they, they would convert. Anyway, everyone was required to attend. Talmidei hachamim, plain people, rich or poor, old or very young, even young kids, they come and listen to the king. Can you imagine? Hearing the reading of the Torah from the king himself, what an experience. This is like reliving the experience of Matan Torah. Where everyone, the whole nation of Israel was present. Now this happened always right after the Shemitah, Shemitah year on the second day of, of uh, Sukkot, the first day of Halamoyed. It says, of course, Hakhel et Ha'am. Gather the nation. Ha'anashim v'hanashim v'ataf. The men, the women, and the young children. So the Gemara in Masichet Hagigah, it expounds on this. It says, what's the reason for the anashim? Why men are coming? They come to learn. Men have an obligation to learn Torah. Nashim ba'ot lishmoa. The ladies, they come over there to, to listen. Women are not obligated to learn Torah, but they listen. Taf lamabayin. What about the young kids? Why are they coming? And it says something interesting. In order to give reward to the parents who bring them. Brings a reward to the parents who bring them. Uh, let, me, let me ask you something. Does a kid, a five-year-old kid, understand anything? A king is reading the Torah from, the, from Sefer Devarim, some portions from Sefer Devarim. Does a kid understand anything? What's the idea behind bringing the kids over there? And it's an obligation. It's a requirement. They have to bring the kids there. Some years back, there was some kind of research being done to find out what, what, what events impress people. 
And they went around various different countries and various different people asked them what they remember, what they don't remember. There was one little section there that drew my attention. They asked a, uh, a Russian elderly person, 85 years old, and they asked him if he remembers anything from, let's say, his teen years. He says, well, a few things, but nothing, nothing sensational. You worked for how long? 50 years. Do you remember anything really that struck you during the 50 years? No, not, nothing, nothing that impressed him. Do you remember what you wore last, last week? says, uh, I don't know, I, I, I don't remember. Is there something that, some event that left a lasting impression on you? He said, yes. I remember 80 years ago, when I was five years old, they announced in my hometown that the czar was coming to visit. And he went and he explained every single detail of that parade. The guards in the front, the guards in the back, the type of costumes that they were wearing, the color of the clothing, the horses, how many horses, how many, and the decorations on that, the, the uh, royal carriage, every single detail. The king, the czar was the king in, in Russia in those days. He made an impression, tremendous impression. Children, they don't come there in order to learn. They don't, can't understand that. They won't understand. But when they see tens of thousands of people around them, when they see the king himself reading, what an impression that's going to really put on the person, on the, on, on the child. It's unbelievable. This is something like uh, something a little bit similar there was, there's not there's no king involved here but still when we have this siyuma uh, shas every seven and a half years and you got hundreds of thousands of people there amazing what an impression it makes on a child well imagine if besides that the king himself was there that multiplies the impression that it puts on the mind of the child well, you know, the earlier a child gets impressed with something, the better it is. It's true for Jewish education. It's true also for learning Torah. Nowadays, research has been done and has shown that even babies six months old, the mother should read books to them. A baby? Does he understand anything? No. But even though they don't understand the words, but they pick up the rhythms, the tones, the inflections of the voice. Exhaustive modern research has shown that the more a baby is exposed to reading, the better prepared he'll be later in reading and in developing his mental skills. Yes, Rabotai. But you know what? 
tens of millions of dollars were spent on these things. And yet, we knew about this 2,000 years ago. Our Hachamim told us about this 2,000 years ago. It's a Mishnah Mephoreshet in Pirkei Avot. Hamisha Talmidim Hayu Lerabban Yohanan Min Zakai. There were five Talmidim, great students that Rabban Yohanan had. Rabban Yohanan Zakai was, was a, 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 tremendous, a, a, a tremendous sage, a great leader. And they list them. Rabbi Eliezer bin Hurkanus was one of them, Rabbi Yosha bin Hananiah, Rabbi Yosia Kohen, Rabbi Shunav bin Netan Eir, Rabbi Azar bin Arach. Then he says, Hu hayam Rabbi Hamizakai was giving qualities. He was telling the people what were the qualities of this particular Talmidim that he had. For example, Rabbi Eliezer bin Hurkanus bore seed she'enu me'abed tipah. He, was, he has such a tremendous memory that whatever he takes in, he soaks it in. It stays in, never goes out. It's all there. And then he goes, Rabbi Azebin, Rabbi Yossi was Hasid, was a pious man. Rabbi Shimon ben was Yerehet. And then he tells us that Rabbi Yehoshua, Ashre Yoladatu. Rabbi Yushua, Ashrei Yolatu. Fortunate is the mother that gave birth to him. Now, wait a minute. We're talking about the qualities of the Hachamim themselves. Why over here we're talking about the mother? Why the mother? The Hachamim tell us, you know why the mother? Because she used to bring him as a baby in his crib. Take him to the Beit Midrash where the Hachamim had, were, were learning Gemara and they were Mepalpilim on Halachot and this and that. And he was listening. The baby's listening. Baby, you understand anything? No. But somehow, whatever it is, even if it just he hears sounds, those sounds go in. And eventually, they do something to the person later on. This is why I'm saying to all of you mothers who have babies, pick up a smartphone, tune in to Jerut, and let the baby listen hours and hours. Whenever there's a chance, even though the baby does not understand, but you will see there will be some benefit from it later on. This is what the, the Mishnah is telling us. Research has been done. Even today, now there, they say a mother should take a book, take her six-month-old uh, six baby, and read him, uh, read him from the book. That's what it is. Let me tell you a little story about a great, a famous Tamid Hakam. His name was Rabbi Yonatan Eipschitz lived around 300 years ago in Europe. When he was a child, I guess from three, year, three years old on, his father was a rub of the town, and many, many cases was, were coming 
and the child was just sitting there and listening to everything. Whatever he had a chance, he sat and listened and listened. When he was about nine years old, there was a case that really produced a crisis in the Jewish community. There was a Jewish man who owned a store that he sold spices. Next to him was a store where a goy was a butcher. He sold meat. Between them, there was a wall. And the wall, like in those days, didn't have solid walls like we have today. There were cracks here and there. One of the cracks was wide enough for the goy to be able to look into the other store and really see what's going on. So one day, the Jewish man who had the, the, the spices, he had a very good day. He sold plenty, a lot of customers. At the end of the day, he sat down counting the coins. And the goy, the butcher goy, was looking. He's counting one, two, three, a hundred, two hundred, three, whatever. And then he took it, put it in a purse, and put it, uh, put it down in a, in a box, finished. Next morning, the butcher, the guy, goes to the police station, starts screaming and crying. I was robbed. I was robbed. Who, who robbed you? The Jew next to me, he robbed me. How do you know he robbed you? I know. Because I had so much and so much money that I made yesterday was a good day for me. And you go over there and you'll see the exact that same amount of money is right there. Well, the police goes. They go to the Jewish store. Look at the money. Exactly the same, exact amount. Oh, so they ask the, uh, the Jew, where do you get this money? He said, very simply, my customers. <laughs> the other one starts screaming, no way. He, he stole it from me. Well, in those days, when you have a word of a Jew and the word of a Goy, who are they going to believe, of course? The Goy. Take the Jew, go to the station, put him in jail. That's it, the crisis. Now, what do we do now? That same evening, the rabbi of the town, who was the father of Rabbi and Eifschitz, and other rabbis sat deliberating what to do. Should they bribe the butcher? Should they bribe the police? What? They, they got to get the Jew out. And as the, they were deliberating, this little Yonatan, who was about nine years old, he says, Abba, I have a solution. The other rabbis say, come on, man. don't listen to the kid here. But the father knew his kid was a genius. And he says, yeah, tell us. It's very simple. This butcher had a very good day. And he was cutting meat all day long. His hands were filthy with grease. People are giving him coins. The coins must be somehow tainted with grease and fat. Let's take those coins, put them in a pail of water, the grease up to the top. If you see grease there, 
then it belongs to the butcher. If the water is clean, it's not his. He's a liar. That's exactly what happened. Next morning, they ran to the police station. They put those coins in the water. The water was clean. Obviously, the guy was a liar. He was put in jail, and the Jew was released. Abutain. We have here a mitzvah of hakel. The mitzvah of hakel is not applicable nowadays. We don't have the Beit Hamikdash. We don't have a king. We don't have uh, uh, the the the, uh, the Bnei Israel are not in 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 Israel. Uh, also, it's another thing that should be there, and so on and so forth. So, this doesn't mean that. They, they, this mitzvah, we cannot learn anything from it. We do. And the thing that we learn is a child, as young as he is, the younger he is, the better off we are trying to teach him. You know, in Masechet Abot also, it says, Elisha bin Abuya Omer. Elisha says, Halomid yeled A person who learns while he's a child, who do you compare him to? When you take ink and you write on a clean piece of paper, in those days, that paper we have today, they are parchment. And parchment, is, when it's clean and you write, it's sharp and clear. A person who learns what he is already older. That's like 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 a uh, ink that is that is written on a parchment that is erased. Parchment when you start erasing it, and you write on top of it, it's it's bloody. It's it's metustash. It's hard even to see. It's not clear any longer. That's what happens. Person learns something when he's older, much older. Things get forgotten easily. So that's the thing that we have to learn from the Mitzvah of Hakel. Teach your child as, as young as he is, regardless of the age. I would like to spend a few minutes also regarding the Mitzvah of Teshuvah. There's a famous parable. A boat was sailing, and there was a huge storm, and the, storm, the, the boat got offline and could not go to its destination, but miles and miles off the destination. Finally, finally landed in an island. Because the boat had some damage in it. They said they were going to stay there for whatever, a couple of, couple of weeks until they repaired the damage. And they told the people, you may go to the island, but once you hear the siren, you come right back. It turned out there was a beautiful island, beautiful island, beautiful trees, delicious fruits, sweet water and fountains all over. So there were four categories of people. There was a group of people that said, you know what? Why should I go there altogether? 
I don't know, maybe I won't be able to come back. Maybe I hear a siren. I won't be able to, to make it here. Oh, they stayed right there. Another group, second group, they went there. They stayed a few days, whatever, and they came back. The third group, they went there. They liked it. And they were going to stay, but they heard the siren. And they went back, you know, like swimming in the water to make it. Finally, they made it. The fourth group, they stayed in the island. Nabutai, this is a beautiful parable. The island is this earth. The island, this earth is full of all kinds of temptations. And the boat is the Torah, the Misvot, and Ma'asim Tovim. The first category, why? I'm not going to go off the, uh, the boat altogether. No, I'm going to stay. I'm going to learn. Of course, you have to work. But everything I do honestly, I stay honest in my business. I do everything the right way. I learn. I spend my time both in Tefilot, Ma'asim Tovim, and learning. That's a tzaddik. There is a second category. They go off the derech a little bit. They may sin here and there. But they're still young and young. They make teshuvah and they come back. The best time to make teshuvah is when you're young. That is much bigger ma'ala. The third category, well, unfortunately, they 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 take taken away they 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 are taken away you know with the uh, all the types of the of temptations that we have here in on this earth whether it's wealth whether it's power or whether it's desire and lust for immoral things whatever then when they get to the end they almost the old they see that hey time is running out now. Then they start making teshuva. Well, it's not the best, but Hashem will accept that too. And the fourth category, that's the people that just never come back, never make teshuva. The thing that I would like to really emphasize today is no one should ever think that he's so far away that he cannot make the shuba. That does not exist. Regardless of how far you are, you can still make the shuba. Let me just give you one little example. You heard of Yarov Amben Nevat. He was a king. He was a king of northern Israel. It was Hotel Mahati. He not only he sinned, he made other people sin terribly. And you know what? One time, the Navi comes and he caught him, the Maaseh, actually doing something for Abu Dazara. And he started reprimanding him, rebuking him. And what happens? Yerovam, the king, he stretches out his hand and tells the gods, catch him, grab him. And lo and behold, his hand gets frozen. And he realizes 
that you can't do this kind of things with the Navi Hashem. So he begs the Navi to pray for him so he can have his hand back. The Navi prayed for him. His hand came back. Do you think this man made the shuv after that? No. But despite all this hataim, you see the Midrash says that Akadosh Baruch Hu came to him, he says, Hazor Bach, come back. How far he was and Hashem wanted him, Hazor Bach. And me and you and Ben Ishai will be mitayelim. We'll take a walk in Gan Eden. No, he didn't like that. He, he said, me Barosh, who's going to be first, me or Ben Ishai? He said, no, Ben Ishai. He said, no, no good. He won't come back. But look how far he was and uh, he could have made Teshuvah. Rabbutai, we say every day, or not every day, Mondays and Thursdays, he opens his hand to accept the Poshim and the Hataim. What is a Poshia? What is a Hoteh? Hoteh is the one that makes a sin, but he's not sinning purposely, inadvertently, accidentally made a sin. That's a Hoteh, that's a Het. Poshia is the one that knows he's making a sin and he actually sins intentionally. Yet, we say, HaPotiyah Yad B'Tshuvah Lekabel Poshim first than the Hataim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is there. His ears are open, so to speak. He's waiting for us to make the Shuvah. We say in the Amidah every day, Baruch Atta Hashem Harutse Bichuva. Harutse Bichuva. Akadosh Barucho wants us to make the Shuva. He's not interested in punishing us. He's interested in seeing that we take the right path, come back, and do the Miswot, Maasim Tovim. Bikovea Eitim La Torah. Very important. Not just haphazardly, well, one day have a minute here, one day have a minute there. No. Bekovea. Have a couple of hours, whatever it is, whatever you can afford, time-wise. Special for the Torah. Do sedako, do tefilot. And when you have the teshuvah, and you have the tefillah, and you have the sedaka, then for sure, these will be ma'abirin etroah gizah. God forbid, even if there is a bad decree, it will be nullified. So, Be'ezat Hashem, all of us, if we do make Teshuvah the proper way, the sincere way, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yichtebenu V'yachtemenu L'chayim Tovim U'Shalom Amen Kirason. Gmar Hatima Tova to all of you.